Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Okay, everybody, I want to welcome you to Friday's interview. This is going to be a good one, and I'm excited that you're joining me, and I think you're going to really enjoy it yourself. Um, Matt and I come from a very large family. There are eight children in Matt's family. There are six children in my family, and there are over 50 grandchildren between the two families. And I was talking to my siblings about podcast ideas, and my older brother, Matt, Um, you know, that he's a seminary teacher and he works in Institute. He works for the church. And he said, you know, you should interview some youth, some of, you know, our kid, our nieces and nephews and ask them questions so that we as parents, grandparents, um, leaders in the church, we can, um, help them, guide them, be there, listen, understand them better. And so, um, I reached out to three of my nephews and then Bailey, our daughter, and ask them if they would come on the podcast and they would share a little bit about their life and how they seek light and how they feel God's love. So, um, I have Carson and Hunter and Josh and Bailey, and I'm going to start with you, Carson. And I want you to introduce yourself and tell everybody how old you are, uh, where you fall in the family in your birth order, and then, uh, what grade, um, you are in high school. So Carson, go ahead. And then Hunter, you're next. All right, so I'm Carson Morrison. I'm 17 years old. I'm the fifth child out of seven, and I'm a junior in high school right now. Good, thanks, Carson. Okay, Hunter. Uh, yeah, my name's Hunter Reed. Uh, I'm 17 years old. I'm the oldest of four siblings. I four, uh, and then uh, I'm a junior uh, in high school. Okay, uh, Josh. Uh, my name is Josh Morrison. Um, I am the oldest of six, and I am currently a senior in high school. Good, Josh. Thanks. And Bailey? Um, I'm Bailey. I'm the fourth child of six, and I'm a senior in high school. Good. Okay, so I sent them some questions a little early on so they could think about it. But before I ask you guys the first question, um, I want to read a quote from President Nelson. He said, my dear extraordinary youth, you were sent to earth at this precise time, the most crucial time in the history of the world to help gather Israel. There is nothing happening on this earth right now that is more important than that. There is nothing of greater consequence, absolutely nothing. So the four of you are here in a crucial time in the history of the world. And I want to know what are some things in this world that worry you? What are you most worried about? So Hunter, let's start with you. What are you most worried about in the history of the world right now at this crucial time that you're here? Um, I think uh, one of the biggest things I'm worried about is it seems like um, over time, Satan has kind of twisted um, some of the truths and some of the doctrines, some of the gospel, and you can kind of see that in the world and as new generations come up, it becomes a new normal. And um, I know it's kind of scary to look and see um, just, uh, you know, all the, all the kids my age and 
um, younger and older that um, are growing up in a world that, um, you know, that has some of these different ideas or um, that don't align uh, completely with the gospel. Um, so it's kind of scary to see that and seeing how it's becoming more normal. Um, and no one even, you know, really thinks about it because that's how they started growing up. So, yeah. Oh, that, yes, that is. Okay. Carson, what about you? What are some things that you worry about most? Well, I know right now there's a lot of political turmoil just all over the place and people can't agree with each other on anything. So everywhere you go, there's people who are fighting each other on everything. So like an example, in one of the first couple months at our school, um, there was this uh, LGBTQ, uh, the pride club there had like a walkout for one day. And during one of the classes, they walked out to like, as like a peaceful protest for something that happened in the district. And uh, at the same time, some people from Medford nearby um, came down and were like objecting against them and protesting against them. And so we had two very drastically different sides clashing together at once, which was supposed to be just some students getting together to kind of just state their mind when it and then some other people who got angry about that came and there's they they got into fighting a bit and so it didn't stay as peaceful as they'd hoped and i just noticed that that happens with a lot of people all over the place all the time and i'm just worried to see if it escalates any farther than it has already and i'm worried for what the future might bring if we can't figure out a way to either agree with each other or if we can't be okay with difference of opinions within each other. Oh, that's good, Carson. Thank you. Josh, what do you worry about most? Um, two, two things. Um, one kind of more, not as deep as that. It's kind of just like, understanding the way that females work um trying <laughs> yes. to be able to date them hey uh, josh that's, you'll, that's you'll probably, never figure that out just so you know <laughs> well yeah that, that's something i know that I'll, I'll never be able to figure out and i don't think really many people have figured it out so that's a <laughs> little, little funny but something i'm like very serious about um i really don't understand but then my other thing is just kind of like the fear of the unknown um, the world is changing so much quicker and it's accelerating that change. Um, I kind of, you, you look about, um, how like, uh, it took like 60 years for 6 million people to have a car. It took, um, th this isn't accurate, but, um, I, I just think about like that then to six years for like 6 million people to have like cell phones. And then it only took like six days to have like 60 million users on something like Pornhub. So, and it's just like this evil is just accelerating and these distractions um, and it's just constant change. And I couldn't tell you where our world would be in the next year just because of 
um, where, how, how fast it's accelerating. Yeah. Fear of the unknown. Absolutely. Bailey, what do you worry about most? Um, I think that not being of the world, um, you know, sometimes it's really hard with all these temptations and like around and, you know, what all the boys have talked about, like, you know, just the deceit that has become the norm. So I think that just um, trying to keep our Heavenly Father in mind throughout the day, because um, it's hard to get lost and, you know, um, just lose count of why we're here and the purpose of this life um, and how it's so minor um, compared to our eternity. But um, that's what I think is trying to stay focused and not be of the world. But yeah. So knowing the things you worry about, what do you struggle with? I know there might be some similarities in that, but what are some of the things that you struggle with? Um, like Josh, let's start with you. You shared one of the things it's a worry. Also a struggle is trying to figure out women, <laughs> girls. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what is the struggle about that? I'm just curious. I think it's a good, it's a great, I, great thought. Um, kind of just knowing what the heck they're thinking. I'll be like, I'll be like going on dates or something or hanging out with someone and be like, Hey, where do you want to eat? And they say, oh, I don't care. I would go to McDonald's and they're like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> um, so it like, it's, it's stuff like that where like, I'm just trying to like figure out ways to like communicate with them. And as a guy, we're like pretty straightforward. We'll be very blunt with what, what we want or what we want to do. So that that's, I think that's just why it's so hard. Cause I, I, I want to please them and make them happy, but I really, it's really, really difficult to know how to do that because everybody is different and unique in their own ways. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. Do you, are there any other struggles that you face like being in Utah and Kaysville at school or when you with your friends, are there things that you struggle with that you'd like to share? Sure. Um, I think something that I noticed very quickly right off the bat after I moved here about four years ago. Um, it's kind of just like, like Utah is like the highest state in the country with, uh, depression and suicide rates. And you can feel that. I felt that really the second I was here, um, I struggled a ton with that, uh, depression and, um, anxiety. And it's just the biggest thing that you have here. I like, even when I leave to go visit family out of state, the second I'm kind of like out of that culture, it's that. I can feel it pretty quickly. It's gone. And I don't know why that is. I have a couple of theories, but that that's probably like the biggest struggle that I have living in Utah. Yeah. Hunter, what about you? What are some of the struggles that you face as a youth in the church in your life? Um, you know, I think for me, it's just, uh, interacting with people who, uh, you know, aren't very good influences. Um, or don't have very high standards. Um, you come across that a lot in sports. Uh, I'm not trying to give any sports people bad rap. I'm a sports person, so I, uh, you know, have a lot of teammates, and you know, I do track, cross country, and uh, basketball. And I did football for a while. In fact, I left football um, 
for the sole fact that it was just uh, uh, lots of just bad, bad things, bad language, bad culture, bad, bad vibes, you know? Um, so I think it's really hard um, just to interacting with those people, even at school too. Um, I know freshman year when I went to school, you just get all the onslaught of, um, you know, swearing and uh, just really inappropriate talk and it's all over. And so it's really hard to, um, you know, navigate that sometimes and, um, you know, find, find the light with all that darkness. So. Do you have an example? Um, I know you shared about football that that's one reason why you left and you're an incredible athlete. Um, do you have an example of, you know, having an interaction with the influences of somebody else and how you were able to handle it? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a good example, I think, is, uh, you know, uh, before basketball games, uh, you know, someone's always, you know, uh, playing music in the background, um, you know, hyping everyone up, <laughs> getting ready for the game. Um, and it's awful. Like, it's really, really bad. Like, the the swearing every single second you can't even understand what they're saying is 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 really bad and so uh, it, the the more you kind of hear that stuff um, it's in your brain and so you know when something happens like that's kind of what you start thinking about um, and so that was hard for a long time but I had to um, you know figure out how to get that stuff out of my head. Um, and so that kind of goes to uh, finding light uh, through different things, through different music, putting different lyrics, putting different um, songs in my head uh, than all the stuff that they're playing all the time. Uh, anyways, that's one example. Oh, that's a great example. Carson, how about you? What are some of the struggles you face as a youth and yourself? Um, I'm kind of a lot with Hunter in this regard, um, is keeping my standards high around other people who don't have high standards. So like I have a lot of friends in the church, but I also, a lot of my friends aren't members of our church. So just naturally there's a bit of separation there between standards. And um, it's not just people who are outside of the church, because I've several friends who aren't part of a church who do have really good standards but I also have friends within the church who don't have the best standards so like when it comes to movies and tv shows if I'm hanging out with some of my friends there's some friends I know who will have a movie on that's appropriate for everybody there but other times I'll be with friends who are watching a movie or a show um that just is not appropriate for, I would say, anyone my age. Um, and not just movies or shows, but music as well and jokes. And so being around a lot of that kind of inappropriate and negative feeling of the entertainment uh, has been a big struggle for me, especially with some of my friends who are part of the church but don't have those standards. It's like, if I'm part of this church and they're part of the church, 
but their standards are so much lower than mine, then why should I have my own standards so high? Um, it kind of has been difficult for me because I feel like with my high standards, it makes it so that other people can't enjoy themselves so much because like they might want to do something, but then I'm there too. So they're like, oh, wait, we have to do something for Carson as well. So sometimes I feel like my high standards hold other people back from doing what they want to do. And that's been something I've struggled with for a while is trying to figure out how to balance it and how to still hang out with those people, but not in a way that I feel like I'm restraining them. This has been one of the things that I've dealt with for a while. Wow. Bailey, what about you? What are some struggles you face? Um, I would say um, trying to navigate what my future is. You know, um, I think with COVID, everyone's futures kind of went askew. Um, you know, with getting ready to go to college, what major do I want to go and do? It's a question that I get a lot. I never know, you know, what answer um, to give. But um, I think that I, it's just one of those things where you have to remember that um, Heavenly Father knows uh, what our futures are. And, you know, he... He knows the middle, you know, the in-between, the end and the beginning. Um, so I think that just trying to have faith that um, he'll control um, or, you know, he, he knows um, what our futures are and that um, we can, you know, get through them and we're given these paths because he knows we can handle them. So I think that that's probably one of my um, struggles is you know, just making sure that I remind myself to put my faith in him, knowing that, you know, he knows, he knows everything that's going to happen in my life. So I just need to trust that um, I do my part and uh, put in some, some effort, but I would say that. Good. Thanks, babe. These are such thoughtful answers, all of you. I'm going to ask you a question that I didn't put on the list. Let's talk about dating for just a minute. Okay. What's dating like for each of you? So Josh, I'm so grateful you've talked a little bit about it, but, um, I want you to talk a little bit more. I want to know what, what does dating look like for you guys are all 17. I just want to do a shout out to all my siblings for having children alongside me at the same time. So you guys could all have each other growing up, but anyway, <laughs> Josh, what does dating look like? Get, oh, take us into this world. Like when we went, the boy would call the house, ask us out. We'd set up a date. They'd come pick us up or we'd go on a group date. We'd go out to eat, go out to ice cream, go play basketball, play cards, bring us home. We'd say goodbye. What's it like now? Um, so the word, at least where I'm at, the word date isn't really a thing. It's more, Hey, you want to go hang out? Um, uh i know especially when i was 16 17 it was go hang out with a bunch of like friends um now it's just hey you want to go hang out and i'll go bowling or ice skating or something um uh so i think your average day is kind of like yeah you go um you text them or uh i uh i've had a couple of times where you uh the, the slang term of sliding into dms uh i don't know what if, does that mean <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh 
on Instagram, they got a uh, uh, kind of like a texting type area uh, called direct message um, DMs. Okay. Okay. Um, and you kind of like find a cute girl on Instagram and you uh, slide into her DMs, usually with a pickup line or something. Um, so <laughs> that's I, I've done that a couple of times. Um, but yeah, so it's a lot more low key, I guess. It's not like dating because dating is kind of like a formal thing. I, th- I feel like the, the stigma around it. Um, so it's just more, Hey, you want to go hang out? Um, but the difficult thing that I find with it is, um, I feel like every guy, this isn't me. Um, I try to be as genuine as possible, but I feel like a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys that are talking to multiple girls. And then I know a lot of girls that are talking to multiple guys at a time. And so they think that it's just a one-on-one thing, whereas no, they're talking to many different people. And so it, it becomes a kind of cutthroat there and it, it can, and it, it, so it can be very toxic. Um, but yeah. Okay. Thank you, Josh. Bailey, can you talk a little bit about dating, <laughs> how you feel about it? What it Not the like? right girl to ask. Um, well, to be honest, I've only been on two dates and I'm almost 18, one of which being Hunter asking if I wanted to go on a blind double date with him. So thanks Hunter. The other one, my aunt JJ forced me on. So, um, you know, it's really sad because, you know, you grow up um, watching all these shows and these movies um, where, you know, the guy asks the girl, the guy shows interest, you know, um, they're polite, they have manners, you know, they open the door for you, like they ask you, and, you know, I've heard that um, boys will be blunt about what they want, <laughs> but um, I feel like they're just not anymore. And, you know, I know, like, why don't girls just go ask? But, you know, I, it feels nice to have a guy to show actual interest and ask. And, um, you know, dating nowadays, like um, Josh had talked about, it's really low key, um, which is kind of sad because I feel like you know, dating is getting to know someone that you enjoy the company of. Um, and it's just not as common anymore. Like, uh, people just don't ask others to go on dates anymore. And, um, so I think that it's a struggle to, you know, grow up with like these, um, you know, expectations of, you know, I'll get a boyfriend or, you know, and I know I've been told college is different, (laughs) but, um, I think it's just a struggle and, you know, sometimes people don't have the same standards as you. So, um, you don't really know what to expect. And, but, you know, I can't really say anything. I've only ever been on two dates. Um, but I think that it's kind of downplayed now and I I feel like it shouldn't, I feel like, you know, it should be as it used to. Um, but that's just not the case for our society. So. Okay. Josh raised his hand. Josh, what did you want to say? (laughs) I just, I just want to know, like, Bailey, from your point of view, um, you kind of talked about, like, how you grew up uh, on, like, the guy asking the girl. Um, from my side, I think, like, my position is that's kind of like kind of like the old ways um, and really can go both ways. Both uh, both uh, sides can make, like, make the first move. What What is, like, your position there? I think, yeah. If that's I right. mean, like – yeah, no, I think, you know, both can make the move. 
But, you know, it's always nice to know whether or not a guy does like you and does want to go out with you. But I guess, yeah, making, you know, but it kind of reminds me of like uh, steak dances. You know, typically the boy asks you, you know, they yeah, take yeah. initiative. But, but like, yeah. like, or like you talk about like them liking you, like like each other. Like, I'd say probably over half my dates are just going out to go have fun. We don't necessarily like each other. I think like my the, the person I'm taking to prom this year, it's the person that I know that I'll have go have fun with. I don't like her beyond anything more than like a friend. So do, do you think that's a little different or? No, I think you should go on dates with people you enjoy the company of. So. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Beth. I just wanted to get. No, that's great. No, I love it. I love it. Okay. Hunter, let's talk a little bit about dating. What do you think? What does it look like for you? <laughs> All right. First off, if anyone on here listening right now is 16 and wants to be a stud, go ask Bailey. Cause she is awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I try to go on a lot of double dates. I feel like I kind of break it into stages. Like you were all in different stages of life. I feel like, you know, when, there's a reason that you don't start going on dates till you're 16. Um, and double dates like at that for me is what I feel like. Um, I just I'm like I'm not ready, you know, for, um, you know, for that. Like there's so many other lessons and like things going on in my life. Um, and then mission to preparing for mission. Um, anyway, so I focus a lot on going on double dates. Um, uh, a lot of time it's, I'll have an idea. And so I'll kind of plan the idea in my head. Um, and then I'll, uh, <laughs> and then I'll ask someone and I'll try to like coordinate a double date, um, whenever I have free time, <laughs> which isn't often, <laughs> but. Um, so I'll ask someone, um, and I try to plan lots of fun activities. Um, so most of the time it's like an activity and then a treat afterwards, and then I'll take them home. Um, so that's kind of the, that's kind of the normal, uh, for me, but anyways, yeah. Thanks Hunter. Okay. Carson, what about you? All right. So for me, it's a little different. Um, cause I, I had planned in my mind when I was like, before I was 16, like when I'm 16, oh, I'll be going, I'll be dating people, but like, I won't get like in a relationship. I'll just be dating like different girls that I know and like get to know them kind of like uh, Bailey and Josh and Hunter have all been saying, uh, but it was a little different for me because a few months after I turned 16, uh, I, I'd been liking this girl kind of, but it was weird because everyone was quarantined. So I didn't really know, but then, uh, we both kind of figured out that we liked each other. And so then we told each other and everything. And so I'm thinking like, okay, what now? Like, I can't, like, if I like her and she likes me back and we both know that I can't just really go on dates with other girls. That wouldn't be very normal I guess so we started going on dates with each other and we've been doing double dates mostly um so we've been dating for not quite a year but like nine months or so and so we we tried to stick with double dates 
and we have for a while. Uh, we've gone on some single dates, but nothing major. Like we've been ice skating. Um, we've gone to get some food and dinner, but most of the time when we like go on a date, um, if unless we like plan for a little longer, like beforehand, we'll mostly just hang out and like watch a show or a movie together. Um, and we've gone on like hikes, hikes together. Um, we did stargazing once, which was fun. But um, being in my boat, um, since I have a girlfriend right now, and it's not what I planned, I'm having to adjust a little bit. Because um, I know having a girlfriend in high school is going to be difficult going on a mission, which is one thing I'm hoping to do, or not hoping, I'm planning on doing. <laughs> and so it's been difficult trying to set down barriers that we're not going to cross um, because we both want to go on missions. But like, so one thing that has been difficult um, is the whole like kissing thing and like stuff like that so um for for a little while um it was just kind of something we didn't talk about um and then after like six months or so it started being like a little bit more of a consideration so like we we kind of had a little bit of tension building but eventually we talked about it and we both um talked about our side of it and like trying to figure out pacing and things that we aren't going to do versus things that we can do. And so dating has been, um, it's, it's been fun and I've enjoyed it, but like, it's also tough at times, especially planning on going on a mission and everything. It's, it's not what I expected to happen, um, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I'd do it differently um but you just gotta adjust to what happens every day and play it safe and uh don't do anything you wouldn't do in front of your parents <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh josh wants to know how did your mom and dad dave and christine react to that um well <laughs> okay i remember one day uh, it was a few months after we'd gone on our first date. And so we'd gone on a few dates by this point. And we talked about like being like official. And I think we decided that we were going to be like officially boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and so I remember one day we had this family visiting from out of town. And uh, I don't know who they were. I don't remember who they were. It was like a sister missionary that was in our area a while ago. So their family came and stayed with us for a few hours one day. And the subject came up with uh, dating and like my girlfriend and everything. And so I was talking to them and I, uh, I referenced her as my girlfriend and my mom looked at me and she's like, he, he means friend who's a girl, not girlfriend. And I'm like, no, mom, we, it, she's my girlfriend. We established this already. I talked with you about this. And she's like, you did not talk to me and we're going to talk afterwards. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so she didn't have the best reaction right away, but I've been talking with her a lot um, as the days go on. And I've talked with her about how dates go and how our relationship is going. 
and everything. So um, I don't think they were super thrilled at first, but um, they've seen that we've been able to uh, pace things properly. Nothing's going too quickly or anything. We're staying safe. Um, and so they've been, I'm assuming they've been pretty okay with it because um, I can't read their minds. So I just have to go based on how they act and what they say. Um, but they've been pretty okay with it. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that, Carson. That's awesome. Okay. How do you, um, when you think about your life experiences, what do you want your parents and your leaders to know about what you're going through? What would help us, what would help them as your leaders to help you in your life? Um, Josh, let's start with you. Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, I want to know um, what would you like us as your parents and leaders to know about your life, what you're going through in your life and how we can help you? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I hear from like my parents constantly is about, um, just like we were there once, um, we, we, we went through the exact same things that you're going through. Um, and that's kind of hard for me to believe when my mom didn't get a cell phone until she was 30. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so it, it's things like that where I'm just like, just kind of be there for for us to talk to um and kind of just it's um I think one of the hard, harder things that my mom talks about like it being hard for is just being our friend versus being our parent um, but what I've found is where I get like the most help is when when my parents are just being my friend um because it's it's hard um and having somebody to just listen to you um, can make, can make just a huge difference, uh, in our lives. I feel like, Oh, that's really good, Josh. Okay. Hunter, what would you like us as parents or leaders to know that we can help you with your life experiences? Um, you know, I think, um, <clears throat> we just need, you know, we need your guys' support. Um, we need, uh, the love, uh, that uh, parents and teachers uh, and leaders have to offer. We need um, role models. Uh, and like Josh mentioned, um, just being there and being a friend. Um, I know I tell my mom almost about everything. Um, hopefully McKenna's not listening. <laughs> uh, anyways, but no, we're really good friends. Um, McKenna's his sister. <laughs> so, go ahead, Hunter um anyways so yeah we just you know we need support um we all have you know dreams and you know places we want to go and things we want to do um but you know i speaking for me i don't have the experience or the knowledge um you know <laughs> i'm still young i don't know um everything about the world so i you know it's important to have someone there to support you to push you um you know to li to lift you up uh and I think, you know, that's what a really good parent would do. And I know that's what my parents have done for me. And, you know, I really appreciate that so much. Um, they've supported me in all my sports, um, in all my endeavors, you know, with football, 
I ended up not doing that. And they were completely supportive of that, even though, you know, I had already worked really hard. We put in time, we put in money, uh, you know, anyways, yeah. Thank you, Hunter. Okay, Bailey, what would you like me and dad to know and your leaders (laughs) (laughs) that would help you about your life experiences? Well, you know, I think that um, a lot of us have lucked out with having really you know, close parents. Um, you know, a lot of people don't have that in their lives. But I think going off of what Hunter and Josh both said, I think just loving them, um, like Josh had mentioned, you know, a lot of parents say, oh, I, I've been there before. I can know how you feel. And, you know, to some level they have. But I think that with social media and these phones that we have in our hands and our pockets 24-7, I think that it's a different experience. Um, you know, how we interact with people, what we see, like the influences that our phones have um, cause our lives to be different um, and how we might think. And I think with those struggles, you know, we bring those home and um, sometimes it's just hard to express or um, you know, different things like that. But I think with that, when we have a loving um, parent who asks us how our day is, who supports us, who's our friend, it makes all the difference. Um, because, you know, we live in a world that's um, full of Satan and full of um, temptations. And it's just really hard to navigate sometimes. So I think that just love, love is you know, um, try to look at it from their perspective, you know, when we might lash out or anything. Um, and I know like, you know, sometimes our attitudes, you know, they, they're not the best, but, um, and you know, they shouldn't be, um, you know, okay. Or, uh, but I think that just trying to look at it through their eyes and maybe some of the things that they struggle with. Um, and yeah, so I would say just loving and um, trying to trying to see through you know different lens sometimes, but good. Thanks, B. Um, Carson, I totally agree with all three of you, Hunter, Beth, or um, Hunter Bailey and Josh. Uh, that uh, knowing that our parents love and support us is super helpful. Um, another thing that's been helpful for me, or that would be more helpful for me as well is um, knowing if my parents know that I'm trying my best. So like, as an example, uh, my little sister and my little brother and I get into arguments every now and then. Um, And it's been like this for years. Um, We just can't go more than a day or two without having a big argument that our parents have to come in and settle and uh, every every time we settle the argument and we separate Brooklyn goes to her room and Riley and I go to our rooms and then my mom will come in and she's like you boys have to be nicer to her like you guys can't just keep razzing on her all the time and expecting her to do better because she's not old enough yet And it's like the same kind of thing every single time almost. And I just, sometimes I feel like my parents don't necessarily see that we try our best. And so I made this, uh, I made this uh, visible to them 
I ex explained how I was feeling that uh, I don't feel like they understand how hard I try sometimes. Um, and I feel like it sometimes just goes over their head. And so I explained that to them that at least when it comes to fighting with my sister, I always try my best. And I always try to not escalate the problem farther. Uh, but it doesn't always work, and it's not always my fault if it doesn't work. And uh, once I told them that, then they uh, started seeing it more. Um, and acknowledging that is another big thing. Not just seeing it, but letting us know that we try our best is very helpful. Um, because it's, it's hard when no one acknowledges the hard work you put into something. Um, but having that recognition is definitely helpful and it lets you know that what you're trying to do is being successful, at least to some extent. So that's something that's always, or that has been helpful to me, um, is knowing that my parents know I try my best. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. All of you. Okay. The next question I have for you is who influences you the most? So Josh, <clears throat> I'm going to start with you. I want to know, I'm sure there are probably a handful of people that influence you, but who is one of the most influential pe people in your life right now? Um, that, that's, that's a, I, a lot of people influence me. Um, but I'd say probably one of the greatest influence I have, especially in my life right now, is a friend by the name of Jackson Call. Um, he's someone I, I've looked up to for a long time. Um, and it's just because this, this is the confidence that I see in him and, like, the success that he's had. And, but I, I, I've made a pretty, some pretty big life decisions just based on the advice that he's given me. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Josh Bailey. Who is, um, influences you the most in your life? Oh gosh, it's such a loaded question. Cause I think a lot of people do. Um, I think, mm -hmm. Um, I would say probably my cousin, Caitlin, um, she, she's spunky. <laughs> she's got a big personality. Um, and she does what she wants, you know, in a good way. Like she doesn't care about the opinions of others as in, you know, um, she, she does things that bring her joy. Um, so I would say she's one of the people and probably, probably you, um, I would say that, you know, you're a very, um, loving, kind person that serves so many different people and has served so many different people throughout their lives. I know that people always come up to me and tell me, you know, like you have an amazing mother <laughs> and they always just, they all, everyone's always complimenting you on, whether it be on your looks or um, your just who you are as a person, 
So I would say just um, you influence me to want to be a better person, to want to serve others, to just be kind to, you know, whomever we're around, whether or not we, um, you know, like or dislike them. But so, yeah. Thanks, Bailey. Love you. Okay, Carson, I'm going to ask you next. Hunter, you'll be the last on this one. So Carson, who influences you the most in your life right now? All right. Um, this is also a hard question. It's hard to choose. Um, I know for a long, long time, it was my older brother, Spencer. Um, and so he's, he's always been there for me. And I've always not done everything with him, but like we would do all sorts of things together and have so much fun together and we'd get in the biggest of fights together. So, um, a few years ago, like we would like, we'd finally kind of stop getting off of the big fights and like, I'd finally gotten to know him more as a person outside of the home and realize more of the difficulties that he's had like at school and outside of the house. And, uh, so seeing some of those that he's gone through kind of helps me to know that like I can do hard things too. Um, also just the, the spirit that he has, um, he's a very spiritual person and it's, um, when, it, when, when it's the right time, obviously it's very calming and very, uh, helpful. Um, and he's, he's just been a huge light in my life and sets a great example. Um, and he left on his mission last, or this last January. And so he hasn't been around very much. So I couldn't say he's been my biggest influence right now, but he's probably been the biggest influence on my life so far. Um, if I had to say right now, probably my mom and my dad. Um, just because they work so hard and they never give up, even when it gets rough all the time and every single way, uh, they keep pushing through and they keep doing what's best for themselves and what's best for us. Um, and it, it helps me to strive to be like them and to strive to do what's best for others. Awesome, Carson. Thank you. Hunter, <clears throat> who would you say influences you most right now? Mm. all right <laughs> i'm gonna try not to get emotional oh geez <laughs> shoot uh. <sighs> oh, sorry whenever jeez <sighs> <sighs> i'm such a bad cry <laughs> okay <laughs> It's, it's a Morrison gene. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, there's something. Whenever I talk about my mom, I always start crying. <laughs> oh, jeez. But she's been the biggest influence in my life. Um, She's always been there for me. Jeez. Um, you know, whenever I've been in really dark places or 
you know, had a lot of stuff going on. Um, she's always there, and you know, she'll she'll take time out to to be with me, and you know, to help me out of those hard times, and to talk with me. Uh, she'll stay up really late, you know, listening to me. <laughs> just spew out all the fears and worries and um I don't know she's just been such a great um, role model to me you know I I've always tried to to be more like her and be more patient her example of patience is is pretty amazing uh, my little brother Ryder uh, <laughs> he's a really big handful um and her example of patience with him is, is truly remarkable. Uh, anyways, yeah, she's, she's had a great impact on my life. And, uh, you know, she's, she's made me the person I am today. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Hunter. Um, Josh, how do you feel God's love? Um. I, I kind of see it with just kind of like the blessings that I see within my life. Um, uh, kind of just like the results. Um, I kind of, I look all like, I remember last year I was in a very dark place mentally. Um, but I put forth some effort um, on my side and then Heavenly Father showed me his love and uh, put people in my life that brought me out of that darkness. Um, so it's things like that, where it's, it's just kind of like seeing how when I show my father that I love him and do things, he'll show me how he'll love me and he'll make things that looked impossible come to pass. Yeah. Uh, Carson, how do you feel God's love? <clears throat> um kind of like Josh just said, uh, thinking back about all the blessings I have and uh, realizing just how fortunate I am um, to have so many great friends and such a great home and family to grow up with. Um, it's just so, so wonderful to know that uh, I've been blessed in ways that lots of other people haven't been. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard for a lot of people not growing up with stable families. And it really affects lots of other people in really negative ways. But I'm very fortunate not to be affected like that. So thinking about lots of blessings that I've received has been very, very helpful. Um, another way is through music. Um, so like listening to the church hymns uh, in church, um, I was just gonna get chills whenever, not just listening to the music itself, but reading the words along with it. Uh, it's, it's always just given me chills. And um, also like, like with music, also um, uh, honing my different talents. So I love to play the piano. And um, when I'm able to make beautiful music and just get into the feeling of it, um, that's always just 
put me in a spot where I can feel God's love. So just using my different talents and music and thinking about all my blessings really helps me to, to feel that love that he has for me. So, and know that he loves to see me become more than I was before. Thank you, Carson. Hunter, how do you feel God's love? Um, I think I really feel God's love the most um, through prayer. Uh, whenever I pray, um, I can always feel him, uh, feel him really close. Um, and I know that, that he loves me and really cares about me. Um, and similarly to Carson, um, I also feel it through music. I love music. Uh, my parents and uh, family and friends always tease me because uh, uh, I always got the Christian radio or the uh, BYU vocal point going on in the car. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, through music. I love playing the piano too. Um, you know, there's, there's really a spirit in music and, uh, you know, I really, I really feel God's love. Um, come through both prayer and music a lot. Thank you, Hunter. Bailey, how do you feel God's love? I mean, there's so many different ways. I think through people, um, through dreaming, you know, this earth, this beautiful earth uh, that we live on. With Carson and Hunter, I would say music. Um, I absolutely love music. I, I just love seeing it. I love hearing it. Um, I love it whenever people go up and, um, play the piano or the violin. I love being part of big choirs. Um, one of my favorite albums, as you know, is, uh, Lamb of God by Rob Gardner. I could listen to it. I listen to it like twice or three times a week. Like, um, it is a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> um, it just, the message of it. I know that it talks, you know, about um, the resurrection and the atonement and, you know, typically it's like an Easter album, but um, I listen to it all the time. And uh, one of my favorite hymns is um, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Um, I listen to it uh, um, pretty, I try to, you know, try to spread out the time between each listen, just, you know, so I can still have that same feeling that I feel whenever I listen to it. But, um, it's definitely like maybe like a, a dream of mine to you know be able to be part of the choir and um sing something that has such a large message and I think that um, music is just a way to display our love for God and um so I would say that music is probably how I can feel um the love of God so thank you Bailey well, I want you all to know, cause I have my last question that I ask everybody that I interview before I ask it, I want you all to know how much I love you and how inspiring you are. And as a parent, you know, we're in a constant worry about what we can do to help you and to try to understand what you're going through. And, um, I'm just grateful that you're so patient with us and you, um, you're trying so hard in your lives to do the right thing. And, um, Remember too, that you are literally sent here to this earth at this precise time. And it is the most crucial time in the history of the world. And you're here. And so 
thank you for the interview that you did, that you're doing with me right now. And my last question to all of you is how do you seek light? So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start with Hunter. Hunter, how do you seek light? Um, well, I know you started with a quote um, by President Russell Nelson. But, um, he has a quote that says, the joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. Um, and I think for me, it's the focus of my life and focusing on people and focusing on things that lift me up. Because um, at the end of the day, you get to decide how much life light you want to bring into your life um, in what you do, um, in what you see, in what you say, and what you listen to. Um, I think focusing on and who you surround yourself with is a big one. I think uh, focusing on those things that lift you up uh, brings so much light and um, can really lift a lot of darkness. Um, and I know it has for me as I've focused on those people that really lift me up and those things in my life that really lift me up. Um, having that as a focus really brings it into my life. Thank you, Hunter. Okay, Josh. How do you seek light? Um, uh, I think seeking light is kind of like, um, kind of like a mission or something like you find like in movies. Um, it's not like just given to you. Um, and with that, you'll have to, but what I found is to complete that mission, I got to surround myself with people that are going to be beneficial and aren't going to be, um, dead weight. Um, and, or just really pulling me back away from that um and then using tools um like my scripture study um engaging keyword on engaging in seminary not just going but uh sharing your thoughts um so other and so you can help other people and that's really how i find uh life is just doing that type of stuff Thanks, Josh. Okay, Bailey, how do you seek light? Um, I think that just um, emulating what our, you know, who our Savior was while he was on this earth. Um, one of my favorite videos that the church has released is um, Christ Attributes, and it goes throughout the, uh, the video listing his attributes. Um, but I think that trying to emulate that and to copy that in my own life and trying to be a light to others um, brings me light myself. Um, I think that, you know, when we choose to use this life as an opportunity to follow the best example that we ever had, who, which was our savior, um, I think it brings light to others' lives, but also most importantly, our own. And I think that bearing um, testimony, I actually really love like giving talks because I think that it's just an opportunity for us to express um, our testimonies and, um, um, you know, just show how much we admire our Heavenly Father. So I think that um, just bearing our testimony brings me light um, and trying to um, copy what our Savior did while he was on this earth, which was to be a friend to everyone and to just show love. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Bailey. Okay, Carson, how do you seek light? Um, I seek light by doing what I can to help others. 
Um, so like, if I have a friend who's struggling with something, um, or they need help with something, just doing what I can to lend a, uh, doing what I can to lend the helping hand that they need to try and help them get through it is one way that I can seek light. Um, like doing service for others is a huge one. I'm not always given like uh, service opportunities the way that I'm used to. So like, I'm used to like service, uh, like church activities will go and serve people sometimes, but like like to do yard work for them or uh, move furniture for them or something like that. So doing service like that is is a great way that I can find light. And I was actually just asked uh, this last Friday or something, maybe Saturday, Friday, it was Friday, uh, to go down with Riley in Brooklyn to move some furniture for some friends of ours. And uh, they weren't able to do it themselves uh, so they needed help and they knew that we'd be willing to help them. And so going to help them with that, uh, knowing that I'm helping them do something they can't do themselves. Um, I know it's something that the Savior would do um, and something that he, he does do for us regularly. Um, it's, it's a way that I can try and find that light for myself. Carson, Hunter, Bailey, and Josh, thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your testimonies through your words and, um, what we as parents and leaders and people in your life, grandparents can do to support you and show love to you. So thank you so much. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.